Hello fellow Trekkies, welcome back to another episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox and this is the show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today I want to talk about Star Trek The Motion Picture and explain why that movie used to terrify me beyond anything else in my life as a kid. And when I say explain, I should say try to explain because really it is quite ridiculous as Star Trek is not meant to be a scary series. And Star Trek The Motion Picture is not known for being scary. It's known for being slow, very boring, very long, and very full of people reacting to things that they're not actually seeing. But it is not known for being scary. But before we get into all of that, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiniest pair of boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver, and brace for impact because things are about to get nerdy. So Star Trek The Motion Picture is a film that was made. And when I say it is a film that was made, it is because, well, it's a film, it exists, it happened, people saw it. People made it, but it is not really that well-liked. In fact, it is one of the least popular of the Star Trek movies. Now, I will say I love the film. I watch it all the time and will probably continue to watch it until the day that I die. But I cannot, in good conscience, make the argument that it is actually a good film. And I would never subject anyone who wasn't a fan of the series to that movie, except I did a long time ago, or not a long time ago, rather about five years ago when I was dating this girl and, you know, things didn't work out with her, but she wanted to watch Star Trek and she wanted to start from the first movie. So I showed it to her and she liked it, which was shocking to me considering that she was not a fan of the series and somehow liked Star Trek, the motion picture, because really this movie is not meant for non-Trekkies. It is dangerous, and it's probably not even meant for most Trekkies because it is a very, very strange and boring movie. So overall, yes, I do love the movie. But as I said at the top of this episode, the movie used to terrify me as a kid. And I would say there's actually three things about the film that used to scare me beyond belief as a child and still unsettles me to this day, even if it's not to the same degree. And these are the music and sounds, the visuals, and finally, the Ilea probe. All of those things used to scare me. So first, let's talk about the music. The music in the motion picture is unlike any music in Star Trek, period, dot. And yes, I realize as I say this that the main theme of the film is actually the TNG theme, But outside of the really cool, fun Star Trek music that you hear on TNG week to week, the music is just so bizarre and so different, like the gong and the dong and just all these and all these instruments. And I just don't exactly know what they are. I actually have to do some research and see what the heck some of those noises were. My gosh, that music just used to scare me. It used to scare me so much. And I don't know how I did this. I think I talked about this in my first episode. But somehow I was able to sweet talk my babysitter, Mercedes, into letting me watch the movie 
at her house. She said, sure. So I brought over the VHS and it was the VHS that was part of the original motion picture collection. If you recall, maybe you remember this, maybe you don't. And I don't know if this even matters, but just in case you're like, oh, I wonder what the VHS looked like, I'll tell you. So the set that I had, had all six movies, as I said, obviously. And on one side, it had part of the Enterprise. So when you got all the movies, you could actually put them together and they would form the entire Enterprise. It was kind of cool. So I brought over that tape, plopped it in to, to her TV in the, in the living room, and put it on. And so for two hours, I don't even know if I watched it for the whole two hours because we were kids and probably had to go have a nap, which was pretty cool at the time, even though I didn't like it, but I wish I could go and have naps. And so I don't know how long we actually spent watching it, but, but the point is we were watching this at her house instead of watching Barney or whatever the heck we were watching. And I was terrified because of that music. The music was just so unsettling. And if you're like, wait, wait, where is it in the movie? So say when you start the movie, you go through the intro, blah, blah, blah. You got the TNG theme. And then it's some of the sounds and the music that is combined with the Klingon theme as the Klingons are approaching the V'ger cloud. So it's like that and just all these weird unsettling noises. So that used to scare me. And that was just the music. Again, not the only thing that scared me about the film because there's a lot of other stuff, but the music to begin with just got me so uncomfortable. And, you know, I talked to my mom about this more recently and she says, yeah, I remember how it used to scare you. And I think we talked about this like even a long time ago, like, yeah, that film used to freak you out. So, yeah, the music, horrible, horrible thing that used to scare me. Now I love the music. I think it is so unique and very, very well done and fits with the vibe of the film. But as a kid, nah, it was not for me. I wanted to go watch The Voyage Home because I like the happy-go-lucky music of that movie. And it wasn't just the music in terms of the actual sound. It was the sound design and it was the sound effects that were used. The sound design just seemed to be something totally different than any other Star Trek that came out before then and has come out since then. For one thing, you have the red alert sound, which is just this really horrifying, very loud and obnoxious alarm, which is the meep, 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 meep. And I'm going to stop doing it because I don't know how this is going to translate to you listeners. But to me, it always sounded like they're going meep, 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 meep. And again, it was a very unsettling noise. Yes, and I get that red alert has to be somewhat unnerving so that people are like, oh, this is something we've got to deal with. Oh, this is making this noise. We better do something. But even red alert in TNG or in the rest of the movies, it's like a ooh, ooh, ooh. That's not the right noise. I apologize. Thank you for listening this far. But the, that red alert noise in the other shows were, yeah, it was in your face, but it wasn't terrifying. Whereas the red alert in the motion picture was so terrifying that it even later had to be, I guess, changed for their the special edition that came out, which was like all new effects, new visuals, and slightly edited to make the movie a bit more enjoyable. And that was like the big new thing that came out 20 years ago, which is wild that the special edition for this movie came out 20 years ago. And yeah, so in that movie, they changed the alarm and they made it more like the alarm in the other movies and uh, the TV series. 
And the other sound that I think really shook me was that scream in the transporter room. Brilliant piece of sound design because it was eerie. You could uh, The transporter sounded like they were supposed to sound, but also sounded updated like, hey, this is getting the visual upgrade. Hey, it's big budget now. Isn't this cool? The, the transporters are new and improved. And that scream terrified me so much as a kid. And to be honest, it still freaks me out. In October, I did a piece for WarpFactorTrack.com, which you should check out because it's a fantastic website. We have a lot of different writers who are a part of the team, and there's so many unique articles and just ideas and thoughts about Star Trek that definitely deserve a read. So if you're into that stuff, check it out. It's called WarpFactorTrek.com. And if you want to write for it, hit up Dan Leckie, who is also the Scotch Tracker. Hit him up, and you might just be able to get your, your work published on the website. But I digress. So for that website, in October, I wrote an article about the most horrifying things in Star Trek. And for whatever reason, I did not put that transporter scene in there. That should have been number one. And next year, if I redo the same article or update it, I'm going to put the transporter death as number one because the scream that you hear from that woman as she's dying in the transporter is horrifying. It is so chilling. So just like, what is happening? Why are we watching this in the movie? Like, I can't imagine people in the theater are like, hey, yeah, oh, it's Star Trek. Yeah, let's go watch Star Trek. I can't believe Star Trek is back. Remember that show we used to watch as a family all together at like 6 o'clock in the afternoon or evening or night? I don't know if 6 o'clock is, can be an afternoon. It can't be. But... Yeah, people would like watch Star Trek with their kids, I think. I mean, granted, not all Star Trek is appropriate for kids, but I imagine that maybe in the late 60s when Star Trek was originally airing and then maybe in the 70s when reruns were happening, that parents would sit down with their kids and maybe turn on Star Trek at 6 o'clock at night and they would watch Captain Kirk get into all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. So they're probably in the theater like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fine. Don't worry. There's no problem. And they're like, okay, cool. We're in engineering right now. All right. He's not being too nice to Decker. Uh, maybe Kirk isn't as amazing as we remember. Or, uh, you know, maybe he'll get his uh, swagger back and maybe he'll become less of a jerk. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, there's a transporter issue. And so they go to the transporter room. And then you hear that scream. And I can't imagine that people were not like, what just is, what's happening right now? Why is this so scary? Why is this so loud? What is going on? We were just having a casual conversation in engineering. Why? So like, I don't know what people thought about it, but like as a kid coming up to that scene without knowing it was happening or it was going to happen freaked me out. But yet for some stupid reason, anytime I watched the movie, I would still watch that scene. And even more recently in the last two or three weeks, I bought these new speakers for my office studio, and these speakers are amazing. But the first thing I do whenever I get new sound equipment or even get a new computer or a new screen, I will put on Star Trek movies just to see how they look and how they sound. And one of my go-tos for that is the motion picture because even though the sound design is scary, it is phenomenal. Like if you take a pair of headphones or really nice speakers and you listen to Captain Kirk in engineering as he's walking around and you hear the person on the intercom say that there's going to be a power test in three minutes, a power test in three minutes, and they keep repeating that. It's phenomenal, and you really feel like you're on the Enterprise. So the sound design, phenomenal. The ambience is there, and you can hear these little distinct conversations 
all of this stuff. So I always do that whenever I test out new audio equipment or even new monitors or screens or whatever the heck I'm testing out. So I was doing this recently. I was listening to that scene engineering, as I said, and it was phenomenal. And then I stopped and I did it again, maybe a couple of hours later. And I kept doing this for a couple of days just because it was so comforting to have them in my room. I could lie in bed fall asleep listening to Captain Kirk and engineering. Then a few days later, I got a little curious and was like, mm, I wonder how the transport of death would sound on these speakers. I wonder what would happen if I tried that out. And I was kind of thinking, ah, I don't want to. It's too scary. I hate that scream. I hate that scream. But then I did it anyways. And it had the same chilling effect that it had on me as a kid. So it was a whole long-winded way of saying that this scream that scared me as a five-year-old kid still scares me as a 30-year-old man. I just can't say enough about how scary that scream is in the transporter room accident scene. So horrifying, absolutely horrifying. The final piece of sound design that really messed me up as a kid that I want to mention comes from the scene where the Enterprise goes into the wormhole, or rather creates the wormhole because of the engine imbalance or antimatter imbalance, I think. I can't remember exactly what it is. But for whatever reason, the Enterprise causes a wormhole to appear because of something going on with the engines. But that sound design just, again, incredibly creepy and really terrifying to me. For one thing, you've got the freaky alarm that's just going on and on and on. It's like, all right, we get it. We get it. We're in the wormhole. You don't have to keep reminding us that things are happening, okay? Just like, can you be quiet for like 10 minutes, please, alarm? Like, just stop. So the alarm is going off. It's blaring. It's being obnoxious. And then you have everyone's voices doing the thing where it's slowing down and you hear the play that phaser order. Fire torpedoes, Mr. Chekhov. No time to impact. 20 seconds. Like all of that stuff is just so, so eerie. And it's like, what's what's happening? Again, I can, all I can think about are the people who were just chilling in the theater who are like, yeah, it's Star Trek. Let's bring our kids. We're going to watch Star Trek. It's finally back. And they're watching this wormhole thing going on. They're like, what? What is going on? Why is this happening? So the wormhole stuff really freaked me out. And it doesn't scare me now because I am a grown man. But the the noises and the way people are speaking still kind of uh, give me the willies, shall I say. The, the sound effects don't scare me now because I am a grown man. But they still give me the willies, like a little bit of... Uh, you know what? I'm a little uncomfortable right now. Not going to lie. Still watch the movie all the time, though. And be- before I leave this subject, the the way that Feature communicated was always kind of creepy. The womp, womp, whoop, whoop. No, that, I can't even make those noises. Just disregard what you just heard because that's not how Feature sounds. But just think of Feature and imagine how Feature communicates. And that sound used to creep me out, too. But not as much, because even when I was younger, I got over that. And I was like, all right, cool. Vedra's just making weird noises. It's fine. It's all right. But of course, the music and the sound design weren't the only things that used to scare me about this movie. Another thing that scared me about this movie were the overall visuals in the film. There was just something about the special effects that just 
felt really unnerving specifically a few shots so the first shot of of the beach or cloud was just so unsettling and just i don't even know how to really describe why i felt uncomfortable but there was just something about it that that just made it seem like it was then your average space anomaly that you would see on voyager or or on next gen but it's just ah, I, I can't put a finger on it but what i can put a finger on a scene that really did terrify me is the scene where Epsilon 9 is being absorbed by V'ger. And there's a shot of not so much of the energy balls. I don't know what you call them, energy balls. I want to call them the energy balls. It was the, the shot of the station beside the cloud or in the cloud. And you have the cloud on two sides of, of the station. And for some reason, it always reminded me of a waterfall. Here was this very small station that, you know, was one of the most advanced stations in Starfleet, I'm assuming, because all Starfleet stuff is pretty uh, advanced. And here they are, and they can't get out. There's nowhere they can go because they can't fly. They're a space station, not a spaceship. So they can't get out of the way, and they're just stuck there. And the cloud is there, and they're like, we can't do anything we're going to talk to the Enterprise. Hey, Captain Kirk, what's going on? Look at this uh, uh, this big space cloud that we're in. Isn't this kind of crazy? Um, by the way, something's happening. Oh, looks like we're going to die. Take care, everybody. It's just like, like, that's terrifying. They can't do anything. And you really, at this point, have no idea what the heck is going on. So that shot of Epsilon 9 in the cloud, freaky, freaky, freaky stuff. And I just, it would unnerve me to no end. And... The other visual thing that I want to mention goes back to that wormhole. So the sound design in the wormhole scene was just horrifying because it was so unnerving and unnatural. And you're like, what, what is happening? Why is this going on in the ship? But the visuals in that scene were also really unnerving because you're getting this weird blurred effect. I don't know what you'd call it, but this distortion effect where it seems like like colors and lines are coming out of people's bodies and things are happening at the consoles where you're seeing lines and it's just like everything's becoming out of focus maybe i don't know how to describe it but just that whole sequence again because of the colors and the sounds you're like what's happening i thought we were coming to watch star trek not some horrifying movie and i think i might be in the minority in all of this like i don't i haven't heard anyone say that this movie is scary i said at the top of this episode People just consider it really boring and long and just like get on with the point. But no one has said that it's uncomfortable. But I can't imagine people saying this for the first time in a theater and not being a little bit like, Oof, what is going on right now? Why is this happening to the ship? So that scene, terrifying, the visuals, horrifying, and did nothing to help me enjoy this movie as a kid. Even though I loved the movie as a kid, I would always go back to it. And then finally... We have to talk about the Ilea probe. Of course, Ilea herself did not scare me. I was a little bit surprised by Ilea because I was like, oh, she's bald. And as a kid, I hadn't seen any bald women before. I didn't know that was a thing. So when Ilea showed up, I'm like, okay, that's different. I'm not sure what's uh, why that's happening, but it, it's happening. And I didn't know that it's because, well, she's Delton and Deltons are bald except for the men. I think the Delta women are bald and then... The men have crazy long hair. So I get that now as an adult. And I got that when I got a bit older. So Ailea herself didn't scare me. But the Ailea probe, when she comes on the ship and she starts talking, and that really 
weird mechanical voice that's a bit high-pitched. And she's saying weird things like carbon unit, V'ger, the creator. All of these weird sounding things that I didn't know what the heck she was talking about as a kid. Just sounded creepy and it sounded creepy because of her actual voice. That that high-pitched mechanical voice just uh, really unnerving. I keep listing things and just keep saying how unnerving things are. But yeah, that was my experience of watching the motion picture as a kid. It horrified me. And I don't remember watching anything quite as scary as this film growing up. And I'm sure I did because I remember at one point my father showed me the Silence of the Lambs as a five-year-old. And fun fact about Silence of the Lambs, it's not for kids. It's a horror movie. Or not really a horror movie. It's more of a thriller. But it's not for kids. So I saw that as a kid, and I was like, all right, that's a little weird, but didn't scare me as much as the motion picture. And say what you will about it and make and make what you will of that. And maybe it says a lot more about me than, than anything else in this podcast. Who knows? So when you put all of those things together, the sound design, the music, the special effects, the Ilea probe, you get this thing that just really didn't give me nightmares as a kid, but gave me a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress while watching it over and over again. And I always talk about this in this podcast that I put my family through a lot of trials and tribulations with the amount of Star Trek I'd make them watch, but they had to sit through the motion picture multiple times. And I don't even mean like three or four times. I mean, probably closer to 50, 60, maybe a hundred times, maybe more than that, but they had to sit through the motion picture a lot And if you don't find it scary, you're going to find it boring for the most part. Again, I love the film. Actually, there's a lot about it that make it really great. And I think it's really special. And maybe we'll get into that in another episode of why I think Motion Picture is actually a really good film, even though I would not recommend it for non-Trekkies. So that, in a nutshell, is why the Motion Picture used to scare me to death. And now let's move in to this week's edition of, wait, what did you say? And for this week, obviously, because I've been talking about the motion picture, I'm going to take some technobabble from that film. And the technobabble is actually very brief and comes from the wormhole sequence. It's very short, but it is so technobabbly that I don't entirely know what it means. I didn't know then, and I still don't know what it means to this day. I could probably do more research into it. It's probably actually very easy to find out what it means, but I just haven't done that because, well... I don't know. I don't have a heroic reason as to why I didn't do it. I just haven't done it. So I'm not really sure what it means. And the dialogue actually comes from Mr. Decker. Negative control from inertial leg will continue 22.5 seconds before forward velocity slows to sublight speed. I read it fairly quickly, but Decker in the movie actually says the dialogue that quickly as well. So I thought it made sense, but it is a lot. It's very brief. It's like not even two seconds worth of dialogue, but yet it's so Star Trek, it's so technical, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I actually didn't even really know entirely what the actual words were because I never bothered to watch it with subtitles, which I could have done that, and I could have actually gone into the script at any point, but I never did that. And so doing it today for this podcast, I'm now realizing exactly what he's saying because before I got... Something about something, 22.5 seconds before forward velocity slows to sublight speed. I got that. But somehow I missed the negative control from inertial leg. I, I, I don't know how I missed that, but I did. 
So that dialogue is great. It's so Star Trek. It's exactly what I want from my Trek. And it's also impressive that a random person was able to say it because again, the actor Stephen Collins was not on Star Trek before. This was his first time. And and it's always impressive to see actors that are new to Trek being able to deliver dialogue like that and make it sound like it's something that they say every day. So very impressive and very well done. But what about you? Did the motion picture ever scare you as a kid? Or did you think it's just a really boring movie that is way too slow that should get on with its point a lot faster than it does? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Also, let me know what you liked about the episode, what you didn't like, and what you like about the show, and what I need to improve, because ultimately, my goal is to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there. That away.